transition into well-being from sustainability simply can't have a world that's sustainable and talking about climate change and climate action and the environment if the planet is full of people who are really unwell you know we've got to look at both of these areas environmental awareness and sustainability and our own well-being as one unit Welcome back to The Cypher, a series of conversations with creators from Africa and its diaspora. I am your host, Christabel Nsiabwadi. Thanks for joining us today. On today's show, I'm speaking with Caroline Asante. She has built a huge platform with her passion for sustainability, conscious communication and environmental awareness. She's an experienced broadcaster and program maker. She founded Cambridge's first eco-living festival in 2018, and she's written on sustainability in various publications. She's also the editor of Sustainable Diva Mag. We're going to find out how she has merged all of these things to create a new voice that I think we probably need to hear right now. Stay tuned. Welcome back to The Cypher, a series of conversations with creators from Africa and its diaspora who are leaning into their roots to create new spaces for all of us. I'm your host, Christabel Nsiabwadi. Today's guest is Caroline S. Asante. She's an established and award-winning broadcaster. She's a journalist and author with more than 20 years of experience in the digital media space. In Cambridge, Cambridge, UK, she founded the first UK citywide eco-living festival in 2018. As a woman of colour in the sustainability space, diversity can be often left wanting. I've been told that's what she finds. You know what? She may correct me during this conversation, but I'll be happy to hear all about that. I'm definitely curious about that. And she has a new podcast coming out later this year called Happy Wellbeing Life. Caroline, welcome to the show. Thank you, Christopher. It's lovely to be here. Well, let's start there then, right? Happy well-being life. When I think of that and I hear that, I think of self-care. And I oh, and for some reason, I'm thinking of like the nap ministry. Don't ask me why. But I think the reason why I'm thinking about that is because I'm thinking about rest and the ways in which we need to look after ourselves. But I'm curious because happy well-being and sustainability how are those two things connected Caroline what you're talking about don't we just look after things not ourselves <laughs> well they're connected by me because obviously I have a background in sustainability and I've been in it for that space for five years coming from many years as a BBC broadcaster and happy well-being life has emerged out of the lockdown and out of the pandemic of the last few years like many people I went within, I spent a lot of time on meditation and really mm. wondering, you know, what is the purpose of my life? Like, what is it I want to really do as I go into another phase? And I think this area of transition, self-care, well-being, and when I say well-being, well-being means to me your happiness from the inside out. 
-hmm. we often live life from the outside in but what's important to understand is that if you don't have the balance and peace of mind and the right mindset in positivity you know nothing will really manifest well for you on the outside so the idea for the podcast really came out of my own experience of transition through a lockdown and changing where I want to be what do I want to take where do I want to take all the skills that I have not only as a broadcaster but as an editor and as a writer so the idea of being a conscious communicator which is what I see myself as Mm. is to communicate how we can recognize our own frequency and energy when we're doing things doesn't matter what it is and I think at the moment in the world as we're in this uh, should I say post-pandemic era because mm, I don't know yeah. partly we're I don't still- know yeah <laughs> yeah some still pandemic <laughs> still pandemic in some places exactly and so it, it, it there's so much uncertainty and chaos and we've got you know an economy that's hitting the wall doesn't matter where you mm. are and people changing jobs and the uncertainty of coming through this trauma, which is in fact what we've been. That's exactly right. It is a trauma. We are still being traumatized. We're still being traumatized in some way. So, you know, looking after yourself, especially if you are um, a parent, especially if you're a woman and a mother, you know, and a mother. You're talking to me. Yeah, I'm talking to you. And and (laughs) looking after ourselves because we put ourselves last when we have kids, you know. So mm-hmm. as a mother myself, I'm aware of that. So I think that for me, this, this transition into well-being from sustainability simply can't have a world that's sustainable and talking about climate change and climate action and the environment if the planet is full of people who are really unwell. You know, we've got to look at both of these areas, environmental awareness and sustainability and our own well-being as one unit. That's how I see it. So that's basically the the link. Yeah, that actually makes sense to me because not to get too political about it. Basically, what you're saying is if mama's happy, then everyone's happy. Yeah. Essentially is what you're saying, right? Yeah, so right. then to kind of expand on that, you say that we can't have a happy or a healthy world if we are not healthy. It, it's so funny because when you say it, it makes complete sense. It's like but the world is going to reflect who we are as human beings, correct? Well, does reflect right. who we it, are. It does, exactly. So as you were saying that, I was thinking about in, in the United States, you know, we have been plagued and continue to be with, with shootings, right? And in the past few months since current taping and, and for the sake of the audience who's listening, we're, we're taping this conversation in the summer, in June to be exact, you know, there've been shootings yes. of communities, uh, uh, black shoppers, in one city, babies in another city in America. And as you were talking about that, I was saying a lot of the conversation has been around mental health. Now, it's not just mental health. There there are other sicknesses taking place and that, and I think you and I agree on that. But it made me think about that in the sense of if you are unwell, whatever that looks like, or you are focusing on the wrong thing or you are focusing on something that is unhealthy that is it's going to manifest absolutely right because the action is connected to the thought so I guess my question to you is what does wellness look like for you what are the things that you think that we need to be thinking about in order to make the world better and to untraumatize ourselves on my podcast I focus on well-being so that looks at 
you know, your mindset and what you think about, we're all energy. And this is not a kind of new age talk. This is a talk where we are now after, you know, many people have gone through a lot of changes. So the pandemic made, as I said, a new paradigm shift where people mm. are looking more as, you know, what's my purpose? What do I really want to do? What kind of job do I really want to do? Should I quit that job? Should I leave this relationship? Should I? What's the quality of my going to be of my life? Because I think we're all facing, you know, areas of death in our immediate families. I lost three people during that uh, pandemic. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think th these things are very normal that we look at, you know, prioritizing what's important to us. So well-being is well -being. looking at, yes, well-being is looking at your happiness creation is what I call it. How mm -hmm. you're thinking about when you wake up in the morning, what do you think about first? Do you wake up and then you're in fear? thinking mm. about your bills, do you fear about your family, feeling about keeping your house, fear about, you know, your job, if you're, if you're looking for a job. Fear is very much alive and kicking, you know, everywhere. Oh, yeah. And you're talking about the shootings that are happening in America. All of this to me, it looks at, you know, the fear base of all of that. Where is the root cause of the, such a horrific, you know, situation? Where is it coming from? And yeah. we don't look at the root cause whether it's this guy or someone else we look mm -hmm. at obviously the horrible tragedy of the what you know i can't possibly imagine what the families mm -hmm. are going through but mm -hmm. but sitting here in the uk I and mean, we've got our own traumas here yeah. but i think in yes. the us you know this constant state of you know fear and somebody may be off today so they may take a gun to a nursery or reception yeah, yeah. or school or college. I can't imagine living in that. And and I think that it's perpetuated by news that is fear-driven and political agendas that are fear-driven as well. And yeah. so we've just got to take stock of what kind of world we're creating and how is it happening and your own life. Because you can live somewhere that is quite dangerous and has all these things these things happening and you can be a person of color and you can weave your way through all of that and never have that touch you mm. so you have to understand about the vibration of where you are and what you're thinking about and what you're picking up as well in, mm. in terms of what you're putting into your mindset what you're putting into your attention every day so within that mindset that is the root hence the well-being part of things right that's the individual part. That's where the blog is going. Follow me here. <laughs> that has an impact on the sustainability, the more outward facing stuff, because what we do has an impact on what happens, what we put out into the world, correct? Yes. And also the term sustainability is, you know, it's always been very ambiguous. I mean, I wrote, mm -hmm. my, piece, I wrote my thesis on what is sustainability. So, and, you know, nobody really <laughs> has has the definition of it. But it's really to keep something going without it ever impacting negatively something else. So that could be from how you're shopping to, you know, what you consume to how you're behaving. Thanks for listening to The Cypher with me, Christabel Insiabwadi. If you haven't signed up for our newsletter, then go to our website. It's at www the dash cipher c-i-p-h-e-r.com
And now back to the show. I want to go, not go back a little bit. I do want to talk about your work with the Eco Living Festival. You brought that up, right? So what is that about? Well, that was a festival that I started and I created while I was actually studying at Cambridge and I was doing my master's in environmental science. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, you know, one lecture too many in Cambridge, probably. <laughs> um, I found it quite stuffy, you know, I quite so stuffy and boring. And I wanted to do something that really reached out to people because prior to, I mean, there was life before the pandemic. So mm. prior to that, the pandemic, in 2017 is the first time you know we had that you know blue planet david attenborough did the blue planet and that's the first time really that people saw plastic in the way and mass that it was you know Mm. just clogging up the ocean and killing wildlife and how it impacted many places in the world especially the caribbean islands Mm -hmm. and and other islands of asia and so on and so for me i wanted to do something that was educating people and brought it back to consumers so Mm. the eco living festival was put on in cambridge and we had workshops on on how to be more green at home how to recycle better at home how to you know shop sustainably how to choose from everything from your electronics to your energy in your home and then we had an exhibition that showed the impact of plastic in the ocean and and lots of you know family workshops that were really good. People just wanted to know, like, well, what kind of products should I use that you know, don't pollute my home, that are not toxic to my home or, you know, and to the environment. So it was very practical, my Ecoling fe- Festival. But yes, I did that for, I started in, well, I started in 2017, but the first one came, it actually launched in 2018. And then again in 2019. And then we were going to continue, but, you know, the rest is history. So sure is. Your background is interesting, and I'm talking about your family background is interesting to me anyway, right? Because you have Guyanese. I've been yeah. to Guyana. It's beautiful. Oh, you know where it is. That's really good. <laughs> I do. Love, I touch the soil. It's gorgeous. Brazilian, you, mm-hmm. you mentioned before we started talking that your grandmother is Brazilian. Yes. And you are Guyanian as your, your last name, for those of us who, who are in the know, so to speak, indicates. Yes. That is diasporic in the <laughs> realist, realist way. Yeah. How has that impacted the way that you have approached the work that you do, not just in the sustainability space, but also in the media space as well? You know, because you that's global. You grew up really understanding the nuance of the world. What was that like? Yes, I did. I First of all, my mother's from Guyana. My grandmother's from Brazil. My dad's from Ghana. The Guyana part and the Guy- Ghanaian part, I mean, they, the two mm. never did meet. I am the glue between these two oh. <laughs> families because my Guyanese mother never went to Ghana. My parents met in Cambridge, actually. They were going to school there. That's how they met. No no relation to me going being in Cambridge and going to Cambridge or anything like that, but they just met. Mm. And so these two cultures never really interacted. I was the bridge between the two. I uh, Growing up as, as I did as a small child in Guyana, that was really important. And as you get older, I think you realize how important your childhood is if you mm-hmm. live back, to, you know, if you live oh, yeah. where your parents come from. So that was very important to me. And I'm talking about sustainability. Wow, my grandmother was incredibly, she would be sort of a guru. She'd probably be a um, Instagram, you know, influencer in terms of this way because she, 
I never saw a plastic anything and she never threw anything away. She knew how things worked. She knew about biodegradable plants. All the things, things all the all things. All the things, yeah. So I think that I didn't realise, as you, as you get older, you don't realise so much of your childhood maybe coming back to you as an adult. So yeah. but I grew up, yeah, very much in a global mindset, having been brought up there. And then, of course, being in, in England and being in London. And then I lived in Canada a long time. So I, wow. I feel that that's probably why I, I can't. It takes a long time to answer the question, you know, where are you from? You know, sometimes people say, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And people will say, where are you from? And I say, you know, how long do you have? You know, right. And I don't want to give a geography lesson all the time between Guyana and Ghana, because that's, that's often. But also like that, that's who you are. There are a few things I want to I want to go back to. Right. Your grandmother and you living in Guyana. Right. So that is interesting to me for two things. But I'll start with grandma first. Right. Yes. I remember talking to my dad would say we didn't have all these things. My dad grew up in a village like if you you know the deal like that stereotypical like town with the red dust floor yeah that's where my dad grew up right and so when you say like your grandma would have been like instagrammable because she would know all of the lotions and the potions when I was reading about you that was the first thing that came to me I was just like wait a minute you have this global mindset right you have family in these places where you've been doing sustainability already like you have the buzzword but but really this is just life elsewhere so I wondered if that had impacted you, if that was your inspiration for doing the sustainability work in the first place. Did that inspire you in any way? That's a great question because it was unconscious in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because when I started doing it, then I started to realize, well, hang on a second. I'm, been doing I'm, I've been doing this. I'm, I make my own creams for my face that my grandma's recipe, you know, the aloe vera and mm-hmm. so on. And I know how to extract that. And I knew how to do these things. I didn't really join the dots together because I grew up a bit like your dad, you know, your dad. I, I was in a village actually when I was a child in a place called Bagotville. And I went to school in Linden, if anybody's from Guyana listening. Um, yeah, so I lived in Bagotville. We're from the West Bank, Demerara, where the sugar comes from. People don't realize that. Mm-hmm. People don't know that exactly. exactly. Come on now. Yeah, Demerara. Come on now. Tell, tell them. That's tell where them. it comes from. It comes from Guyana, okay? So I grew up in that area and my, my grandparents were outside of farmers. And so, you know, rainwater conservation, rainwater irrigation, rainwater, purifying rainwater with charcoal. They did mm-hmm. that. That's what we don't, you know, you buy a stick of charcoal now for $20. Can you even imagine? That's the thing that kills me. <laughs> oh, we, that's something, you know, that's an ancient way of purifying water how to use rainwater and drink rainwater and all these things. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, when I was doing the festival, in fact, I was thinking, hang on a second. I did actually do a lecture and talked about this whole idea of purifying rainwater. And now, of course, people sell these expensive sticks of charcoal. It's crazy. It's kind of crazy. Yes, but, you know, it's it's definitely was an influence. And um, the catalyst for me to get even into environmental science and to get into sustainability was when I went back to, I had a family reunion in 2013, was it? And I was visiting Grenada, I was in St. Lucia and I was in St. Vincent. And I just saw huge piles of rotting garbage on Mm. the beaches. And they have a massive problem, especially in Grenada, they had a massive problem with the mangroves 
actual mangroves rotting. Please let people know what mangroves are in case. Mangroves are grow at the side of any ocean and uh, the ocean bank. So mangroves are basically uh, plants that absorb pollution in the ocean. They also have their own ecosystem that they prevent tsunamis. They prevent flooding. They're incredible. I did not know that. Did you say they prevent tsunamis? Yes. How? Well, mangroves are uh, like a nature shield around an island. They are at the uh, sandy banks between the, the land and the sea. That's where the mangroves are. And they, they have very deep roots into the ocean. And they are really like nature's wall. They can prevent, because tsunami is basically a earthquake, a, a, like a water yeah, earthquake. So they, they really help with keeping the floor, the sea floor bed balanced. Not getting too scientific here, but they, they help. No, 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 not at all. You trust me. I'm like, <laughs> listeners, I literally lean back and like side and like, wait a minute, the things you learn. Okay. Yeah. So mangroves are extremely important and they're all around the Caribbean, you know, Asia and any tropical country, but they're extremely important to keep the balance of the ocean. And because we've had such imbalance in the ocean, which is called ocean acidification, which is that the ocean has too much acid. <laughs> they basically have killed the mangroves. So they die. Then mm. the whole ecosystem of all the fish, that system becomes unbalanced. And mm. then you have flooding. And once you get seawater flooding, because remember, we've got sea level rise going on in many places in the world, especially islands, Caribbean islands. Mm. So mm. the seawater, if it floods the land, that's it. You can't ever grow crops so, no. on it. So they're very important. So getting back to it, I just saw what was happening. There was a mangrove restoration project in Grenada. I got involved with it and um, helped sponsor some of that. And that's what got me into sustainability because I was really like, what is this climate change? What does this mean? And then when you mm. see tons of flip-flops and plastic and mm. all these bits of garbage, literally on the banks of the islands, because the mangroves have, uh, many of them have rotten, or just the pollution, you, then you really see what people are going through in many parts of the world who are experiencing the front line of climate change. And we were experiencing because the, there's a change in, you know, the temperatures are extreme and there's lots of floods and there's droughts. And, you know, look what happened in New York with the flooding. Look what's happening across many parts of the US where there's extreme heat or no rain at all. You know, there's lots of um, drought. So it it is really important to understand that, our world is naturally in balance. We're the ones that actually have unbalanced it. Look at in the last few years when we had the pandemic, where everything kind of, you know, self-correcting. As someone who's in this space, how are you able to communicate or how do you communicate this real world experience that you have, that you have connected through the rest of the world, through your work? How are you communi communicating that, that this makes sense? This is A, ancient stuff in terms of the remedies, right? But also B, this is what's happening in, in real time because I, as a person who comes from these places can, and has grown up in one of them, can tell you this is what's happening and this is how we need to change. Well, I've written many articles. So you just have to Google my name and you'll find many articles. And then, of course, I started a sustainable diva blog, yeah. which 
I did for seven years and I've kind of wrapped that up because I'm now focusing on the happy well-being life but I've written many articles about um my not only my own experience but you know where we are in terms of how we could how we can be more aware of Mm -hmm. our impact on the environment I did write an article for medium about my experiences you know as a child and growing up and how that impacted me going into sustainability in the first place lots of interviews I've done what's the response been to all of those interviews um it's been great I mean it's been great over the last few years and you know in the UK I'm I'm known in the sustainability space so I'm known in in my area particular area you know I edit a magazine and I also write and I also talk I haven't been doing a lot of talking and lecturing um in the last couple of years but it's very it's been very rewarding for me but I'm somebody who always likes to expand and I don't like doing the same things over and over again so mm-hmm. I think now getting the podcast show and going back to my love of audio because I was a radio producer and presenter for so many years on BBC and going back to doing and speaking to people and interviewing people and then sharing knowledge. I think this is something that's been a full circle. So doing the podcast is really and working on it at this moment, you know, has been really, really rewarding. Are you excited to get back into the studio? Ooh, yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to be back in front of the microphone. I love the microphone. Yes. <laughs> I have many questions to ask you about that because the BBC is an interesting place. You know, when if you're growing up in the UK and you want to work in the media, you know, <laughs> the BBC is a place where you, you kind of want to to work in it and you did that oh my gosh I'm gonna out myself with age now well I started BBC in 2001 <laughs> so okay. um yeah I started um I had already done broadcasting in Canada so I had already done a radio show in Canada I had already had a television and a cable show in Canada when I did we need I- to find the links to these <laughs> things you can't just drop too ancient, that too ancient you know so I started straight bang right at the top. So I was a presenter for a show called Late Junction, which is on BBC Radio 3. And then that was the mainstay. But then I've also done documentaries for the World Service. The World Service is really, you know, in my heart. I love the World Service. Mm. So I've done documentaries for the World Service. I worked right across um, the BBC in, in audio. And so not just hosting but also producing. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And the interesting about podcasts, because podcasts are, you know, I mean, they're different than radio, but they're a small radio. They are basically radio shows. And I think yeah. some of the podcasts that are coming up to the top, like yours, they have the foundation in radio production, right? It's a very exciting. It's a very exciting time. I love that you said that you're looking forward to well, not looking forward to because you are merging your two loves. That was actually on my list of questions to ask, which is very funny because I was like, are you excited about that? And you've answered it. Yes, I am. I'm thrilled about that. Where do you see that going? Because you have all of this knowledge about sustainability that is so important, so important for us to understand. And I'm seeing the connection with you. We got to get ourselves right first in order to make the world right first. And Caroline is saying, this is how we do that. And you're using audio as a medium. What excites you the most outside of being back in the studio about sharing that information that you have and that you will learn? I think it's connecting with people and I think it's sharing stories and I think it's imparting experience and and knowledge. And I'm not only doing the podcast, but I've written a book as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I just launched today 
which is <laughs> today, 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 just so that we know today June, is June, June the, 10th. the 10th. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. See, this is why I didn't know about that. Good Lord. What's the book about? <laughs> it's called Happy Wellbeing Life and it's the, it's a guided journal and mm-hmm. it, I wrote it over a few months. It's on Amazon. You can get it on amazon.com or amazon.co.uk, wherever you may live. And um, it's a journal that you can use every single day to help you find your own happiness creation. I've, I've created a workbook in there. So you start in the morning, there's things that you can write. And in the evening, it's really a process because journal writing is really important for your mental health. It's so good for mm-hmm. you. It's so good for manifesting things that you would like to have happen for you. And so I've also included in the journal um, a meditation guide, easy ways to get to meditation. Meditation is pretty easy, actually. It's not as hard as people make out. So Mm. it is a journal and it's a guided journal. Yeah. And it's my first. I have another one that will be out in August, but it's very exciting to move into books. You have so many things that you're doing. Goodness. Well, you know what I think, Christabel, it's, it's stage. I'm sure you can relate to this. You get to a certain stage and I think you start, uh, you know, we're always learning. I'm, like, I'm always learning. I love to learn new things, right? But after you've been around for a little bit of time, and I consider myself perpetually, you know, youthful, but after you've been around quite some time, um, you <laughs> <laughs> have information, you've observed life, you've experienced some of life, and it's great to put that out there, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's taken me a long time to do that because I, I'm a quite humble person. So... And I just think that now's the time. I was like, well, what am I waiting for? You know, I've been, I've been, you know, I've been asked to write a book so many times to, to do these journals, to do a podcast. Why am I not doing it? So this is the time to do it. So here it is. Amazing. Amazing. I've run out of time, but I want to say Caroline S. Asante, author, editor, podcast host at Sustainable Diva Mag and Happy Wellbeing Life. Thank you so much for joining us i want to learn more about this new book and all the things on your website at what you can find about out about the podcast and my books and everything at happywellbeinglife.com and for my portfolio it's what caroline did next there you go i love that url what caroline did next go (laughs) check out and we'll have that information on our website as well at the-cypher.com Caroline thank you so much I really love this thank you so much for having me on the show Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Caroline S. Asante. She's an author, editor, and podcast host at Sustainable Diva Mag. Follow Caroline S. Asante on Instagram at Sustainable Diva and on Twitter at Sustainable DVA. Like and subscribe the Cypher Podcast and tell your friends to do the same. The Cypher Podcast is a partner to the Cypher Newsletter. Sign up to discover more great podcasts from Africa and the diaspora and get production tips from industry pros and you'll get a bunch of other stuff as well. Trust me, it's worth it. (laughs) We're at the-cypher, that's C-I-P-H-E-R dot com. Tess Goodwin edited The Cypher and I 
Christabel Incia Buadi executive produced the show. I'm also the host. Thank you very much for joining me and we will see you next time. The Cypher is a My Lens Media production.